You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. Hello, you're listening to 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul. And we're here on this beautiful day. Tuesday, the first day of Elul. The last day of the month of Av, first day of Rosh Chodesh. And literally a month before Rosh Hashanah. Ah, wow. Still trying to process this. The month. The zone. And there's no question that the conversations throughout Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM are going to be addressing this incredible time of year. Today, together, I'd like to unpack what does it mean in the 21st century, 2017, a month to reflect. To reflect on what? How bad we are? The mistakes we made? The challenges we didn't Overcome Is that the entire story of the next month? To understand how imperfect we are? Or is there more? Is there something positive and empowering about Rosh Hashanah and the month leading up to it? What are your thoughts? Is Elul a month that by the time the month is over we're supposed to be smashed, broken, with low self-esteem, disempowered, or is there a different message to it? Feel free to comment on three four five one nine zero six two one four eight two three seven four. Email on air at chayfm.com. But nothing starts without some good music. This is the Havdalah Medley by MBD here on one one point nine chayfm. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul, and here we are. First day of Rosh Chodesh, as we bless the new month, we celebrate a new month of Elul. And worldwide, this month means a lot. There is no other holiday of the year that has such focus for a month before. Obviously, every holiday, according to Jewish law, a month before you start learning the laws, whether it is before Pesach, whether before Sukkot, there's a lot of intrinsic laws, but such a focus on reflection, meditation, introspection is unique to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, this idea that a full month, plus the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, a 40-day period of reflection doesn't exist in the Jewish calendar, in such intensity. And throughout the world and throughout history, as this month started, you know, creeping up onto people, it it brought a certain awareness, a certain jolt. Um, this, you know, there's great stories told of in the yeshivot, in the study halls of old, a rabbi going and screaming and banging on the table and saying, Elul is here. The month is here, and it just brought a certain awareness, a certain tension, a certain seriousness onto people's faces. And some different styles, different strokes for different folks, but ultimately, the month means a lot. It's a 
heavy month. Heavy not in any negative way, but heavy as in it's it's full. You know, there's some time is interesting. Some time seems to pass us by and it's relatively um, dull and empty. Although it might be satisfying and pleasurable, the time itself is relatively light. And then there's times that the time is heavy. It's full. It's intense. It's serious. It's each minute is stretched to its ultimate 60 seconds, each hour to its 60 minutes. And Elul is such a month where, as you'll hear on this, uh, on the radio and you'll, whatever she or whatever lessons and classes you go to through the next month, it's a time that people focus inward. It's a time that people focus towards um, Hashem, towards Shul, um, inward. It's a very interesting time. Uh, as a rabbi in the Shul, there's no question that in, in, in regards to Shul going and Shul awareness and relationships, this is the, the two months where you get the biggest opportunity and gift of being able to meet as many people as possible, connect um, the interest in God, meaning, purpose, takes a peak, it, it jumps, and it offers tremendous opportunities for anybody who wants to get to know more people and interact and uplift. So in this time of stretching, in this time of fullness, in this time of purpose and intensity and heaviness, the question is, what is our focus? What do we think about? What do we reflect about? And like anything on the show, I'll I'll, I'll say that there is a million opinions on these kind of things. Today, I want to share with you one thought, one perspective, um, and I'm sure if you're going to go to Shul and you're going to listen to your Rabbi Rebetzin or teacher this week, you'll hear a, a different perspective or something similar or something dissimilar. But I think in this kind of month, it's important to hear various different perspectives on what our headspace is supposed to be. Repentance, return, connection, tshuva, all these words are going to be thrown around for an entire month. Now, because there's such an awakening amongst people, this is a gold mine. This is best time opportunity for anybody who wants to inspire people to reach out and hit them hard. But the question is, what messages should we be sharing with people? Is the main message of the month to reflect on all our mistakes, to reflect on our imperfections, to reflect on the times that we didn't live up to our higher standards? Is it a time to think about the lessness of us, how low we have fallen? Now, according to Jewish law, there's definitely a space of this month to focus on that, yes, um, to take ownership on the failings we we have failed, on the relationships that we've frayed, the words that we said, the thoughts that we've thought, the feelings we felt, the actions we did between human and human, between human and God. There's absolutely room to that, and that's a major focus. But if that's the main focus, if that's the full focus, what do you think a person will look like by the time the month is over? If all they've been focusing about is, I'm a nothing. I've made mistakes. I'm imperfect. 
if that's the only message that we're going to be stuffing down our throats and the throats of the people around us, by the end of the month, as we stand there in Rosh Hashanah, we're going to have a very disempowered group of people. People who feel like they failed. Disappointed. And what often happens is when you look around the synagogue on Rosh Hashanah and you, you look into people's faces and you talk to people, it's usually this, it's often a feeling of, gosh, another year that I couldn't get it right. Another year of failing. Another year that I can't get my act together. Another year that I'm imperfect. And therefore, does that empower me to change over the coming year? Does it empower me to transform myself? If all I know is that chances are in 12 months' time I'll be sitting by Elul 2018. If heaven forbid Mashiach's not here yet, then I'll be reflecting on, again, a year of mistakes. I'm feeling more disempowered because now I'm a year older and I still can't get it right. This goes to a very deep root question, and that is, is the best way to transform people to focus on what they do wrong, or is the best way to transform people to focus on what they do right? If you want to, tra- if you want to impact another human being, if you want to get your child to change, if you want to get your spouse to grow, what's the best way? To focus on what they did wrong, or to focus on what they do right? There might have been a time in history that the best way to impact people was to focus on what they did wrong, and maybe people were strong enough inside to be able to handle the critique and take that and change. I will venture to say that today's generation, in our time, if we focus merely on our weaknesses and our failings, we will walk out more disempowered, less motivated, and less inspired to become better people. So if the meditation of this coming month is merely on our weaknesses, on how bad we are, and how fallible us human beings are, won't you say that by the time we come a month from now, we're going to be broken into smithereens and disempowered? Maybe, just maybe, that the meditation of this month, the main meditation of this month is our greatness. Maybe the call of the shofar that we'll be listening to for the next month is not only a call that sits there saying repent, but maybe it's a call of empowerment, that confident, optimistic, powerful voice, tiku b'chodesh, to blow the shofar in the month, the month of Tishrei and the month of Elul before On that thought, it's 20 past, I want to share with you a beautiful piece of music. It's called Tiku, and it's on the words, you should blow on the seventh month the shofar, and that should get people to return. And this tune, it's always deeply resonated. I believe we've played it every year um, for the past few years and during the month of Elul. Listen to it, and you'll hear in the tune not only a message of repentance, but more importantly, a message of optimism, a message of empowerment. Tiku b'chaydeh shoifar, tiku b'chaydeh b'chaydeh shashvi, shuva Yisrael, here on 101.9 Chai FM.
You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avtsan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Rabbi Levi Avtsan here, and we're talking today about focusing on positivity. Even in a month like this where we're reflecting on where our life is and where we're going, to do it from a place of empowerment. Think about it in a relationship. Your child. You have a child. And they're doing something wrong. If you focus merely on everything they do wrong, why did you sit like that? Sit straight. Talk nicely. Respect me. Get good marks. What kind of kid are you going to raise? Are you going to make him feel empowered? Are you going to make him feel good? Are you going to make him or her feel empowered? Now, yes, maybe a 100 years ago when kids were seen not to be heard or 50 years ago, maybe that was a way. I'm not convinced it was a good thing for that time either, but let's say it was. Today, you do that to a child, don't care about their feelings, and more importantly, don't focus on their strengths. What's going to come out of it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing good can come out of merely focusing on weaknesses. And how much more so in a in a marriage, in a relationship, two adults. If all we're talking to each other is, why did you buy this? I told you to buy that tomato sauce. How did you smash the car like that? Why didn't you do this? Why are you talking to the kids like that? And often you see that in, in toxic relationships, this focus on negativity where he and she are just talking to each other in negative tones and focusing on everything the person did wrong, you are guaranteed that it's another harmonious relationship. You're guaranteed that when the person comes home, they don't find contentment and peace and serenity and acceptance. I remember one wise rabbi was telling me before I got married, he says, marriage is the blissful part of life. That's the part of life that you're supposed to come home to, and it's just blissful. Now, I would imagine that many people today would sit there saying that one of the biggest challenges of their life is marriage. But in in a healthy um, relationship, marriage is the time you come, and it's like the safe haven you come back to after a hectic day. It's not the place you come to to begin your hectic day. You know, each and every one of us goes through our challenges through the day, and when you come home at the end of the day, you want to be able to come home to a warm, affectionate space, warmth. And that's the greatest gift, I believe, that spouses could give one another, and that is the ability to that the home, the base, is is soft and tender and loving and affectionate. It's a gift for the spouse and it's a gift to the children because, as they say, the biggest gift you could give your kids is a happy marriage. That only happens when we focus on each other's positivity where we don't look for and dig into the other person's imperfections because if we celebrate the imperfections, it's guaranteed the home will not be happy. And it's it's ridiculous how so many of us, so so many human beings fall into that trap that we think that by focusing on the other person's weaknesses, although it may be short term, we have a one up on top of them. We forget how it destroys this one happy place that we need. And that is our home. When I got my license, someone told me, he says, when you drive on the road, don't be right, be smart. In other words, you could sit there saying, hey, it was my lane. 
But that was after the, the, the car went crashing into you and you told, you're giving God an excuse. Be smart. If the person's getting into your lane, slow down. And the same thing in life. All too often we prefer to be right than to be smart. So yes, you're right. He or she did the wrong thing. They didn't treat you the way you wanted to be treated. And dinner wasn't ready on time. And, I don't know, they were in a bad mood and they said something to you in a bit of a negative tone. Now, either you can focus on the negativity or you can decide to let go because you love something more than anything else. And that is you love the peace. You love the positivity. And you prefer to be smart than to be right. Because honestly, if somebody focuses on being right in every argument and every disagreement, one thing is guaranteed. They might be right, but they will have nobody on their right or on their left. Every relationship will dissolve around them. You cannot live with somebody who always needs to be right. You need to live with somebody who can create space, loving space, and forgive, and focus on the positivity, because gosh, we know how imperfect we are, and we don't want the other person in our life to focus on all our negativity. We want them to be able to see our goodness. The great statement says, I'll call Peshayim Ava, that love covers over all faults. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. I think it was uh, James Madison or one of the founding fathers of the United States who said, when you date, keep your two eyes open, and when you get married, close one eye. You only have to see the positive now. When dating, keep both eyes open. See the reality for what it is. But once you've decided to commit to that person, close the negative eye. Focus on the good. So back to the, the month of Elul, back to the time of the year that we're in now. This is not to say don't focus on the negative. This is not to say that we're not accountable for the actions we did. But it is to say that the main focus of this month is to focus on our strengths, to focus on the relationship with Hashem, to focus on the blessings, to focus on the gifts. Because, gosh, I cannot hear another Rosh Hashanah Drasha where... Anyone gets up, I've heard it in so many shuls, in so many places, before Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, where somebody gets up on the pulpit and says, gosh, what a hectic year this has been. And may the, this past year be erased, and may we go into a good year. And pretty much it's this predictable line, it actually is in the prayers of Rosh Hashanah, so there is some space for where it says, Tich Lashanah may the year and its curses end, May the New Year's blessings begin. Yes, there is some room for that. But gosh, when it ha- when it's said too often and every year, and like the whole year is just one big, gosh, this is the year that the elections, and this is the year of the terrorism, and this is the year of the negativity. I've heard it in 2016, 2015, 2014, 2013. I'm not that old, but I've heard it for most of my life. To focus merely on what went wrong, what we did wrong to God, and what God did wrong to us, is besides the fact that it's ungrateful, it's so disempowering. It's so empty. It's so... Why would anyone want to live where pretty much every year finishes off saying, gosh, that year was terrible. In the secular calendar, when you go on December and you go to read the news, I don't know if it's CNN or Fox News or whatever you're watching, it'll always be, gosh, what a year this has been. Negative, 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 negative. And please, God, next year is going to be positive, but nobody's predicting it to be positive because based on all the negative of last year, we're expecting this year to be worse. 
Why would anyone want to live? Why would anyone want to change? It is so easy to give the disempowering message. It is so easy to tell everybody you're sinners and you're evil and how much lush and horror did you talk about, did you talk this year? How much negativity? How much gossip? How many times did you not act the best behavior? How many times did you give in to your, your evil inclination? How many times did you act out your weaknesses? It is such an easy message. And boy, if you're standing on the pulpit and you want to make people feel sorry for yourself, that is a gift. One incredible opportunity to just tell everybody how evil they are. But is that really a message that people need to hear? In the 21st century where so many people are depressed and, and, and suffering from anxiety and feeling low with themselves and feeling down and feeling disempowered and feeling like they can't make an impact, is that really the message that people have to be told how negative they are? Or is to the mandate of today to focus on positivity? To tell people, You are the children of God. Hashem says that He loves you. Each and every one of you. Regardless of what we do, we are still the children of God. Those are messages that people need to hear. People need to hear that God loves them. They don't have to hear about how many logs are being thrown into hell right now that are going to burn them when their time comes. Oh, yes, it's so easy to do the hell and fire and hell and brimstone speech. And that's why clergy from all faiths will often use it. But it is so negative. If the message is just to break people, then great. But if the message is to make people feel empowered, you can take the world on. You can make a difference. God needs you on this world to play your part. You are good enough, regardless of how damaged you are and the mistakes you have and the conditions you were born with or the nature and nurture that put you into the space you're in now. Regardless of all of that, you are God's child. And you are good enough. And you're created in His image. And He loves you. Every single moment of every single day. And he loves the biggest sinner more than any mortal can love the greatest, most righteous human being. If you give that message to people, then maybe when they stand on Rosh Hashanah, they stand at the beginning of the new year, they'll feel empowered. And they'll say, you know what, next year I still won't be perfect, but gosh, am I going to focus on doing something right. And if you tell it to your spouse and you say, you know what, we're both not perfect, but boy, do I love you for who you are. And I'm so happy to be spending my life with you. And you are the person designed by God to be on my side. Thank you. We are meant for each other. That message won't make any of you perfect, but it will make you happy and content and will make you just a little more perfect. Will help both of you grow. Because just like a plant only grows with tender love and watering, so too the human being needs tender love and the watering. Slowly but surely. You don't give them a thunderstorm because that might damage them. Drip, drip, love, kindness, affection, companionship, empowerment, messages of positivity, words of affirmation. And then the person blossoms and shows us our best self. So stop screaming. Stop screaming at others. Stop screaming at yourself. Stop giving that narrative, I'm so bad, the previous Chabad Rebbe one time said that just like it's a sin to gossip about others, 
It's a sin to gossip about yourself. I'll repeat that. It's a sin to gossip about yourself. To sit there saying, I'm such a this and I'm such a that, and I'm such a loser, I'm so weak, I can't cope. Look at me, I'm already four failed relationships, my kids don't talk to me, I can't make a living, I'm such a, I'm such a waste of a life, I'm such a loser. Whatever expression, whatever words you use, that's gossip. Why are you talking about that? You're God's creation. You have no right to gossip about yourself. But you have a mandate to empower yourself, to believe that you can grow. You can do better. You can transform. You can impact. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbrengen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9, Chai FM. 101.9, Chai FM. That song you just heard the beginning from will be played in a few moments. That's a beautiful Draw Your Crowd by Yonatan Razel at 5-2. And today we're focusing on the message of positivity. And there's a humorous story. Um, the story is told about 200 years ago. There used to be in the Jewish community people who were called Magidim, people who made a living by showing up town after town and giving motivational speeches. I guess today we have similar things where people fly around the world. They give their motivational speeches and rah, 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 rah. They get everybody inspired and they made a living that way. And some of them were nice and kind and messages of positivity, but some of them learned the great art of making people feel miserable with themselves. So the story is told about one Magid who shows up to a town, and boy, does he do the fire and brimstone speech. You guys are sinners. Do you know what's awaiting you in heaven when you meet God and God's going to judge you? He is going to throw you. Oh boy, did he give a speech and all the men, women, and children are sobbing their eyes out and they're feeling totally disempowered and broken. And there was one Jew in the town who couldn't handle it. He just like, gosh, this is miserable. His name was Shmuel Munkus. So the story goes that uh, after the speech, this maggot goes back to his hotel room and there's a knock on the door. And he opens the door, and here goes this guy in Shmuel. Shmuel walks in, closes the door behind him, and brands a big knife. Oh. Hey, what's this? So Shmuel says, you know, holy Magid, I don't know if you know, there's an ancient custom that Jews do that just before the new year, they go to the graveyard of a righteous individual, and they pray that he beseech on their behalf for blessing, or that God, in the merit of this individual, shall bless them. And you know, in this town, we don't have any holy people buried in the graveyard. So I decided, we'll kill you. <laughs> we'll bury you here. I mean, you're so perfect. You're so incredible. And then we're going to have somewhere to go on the day before Rosh Hashanah. And we're going to be able to pray. And, you know, you're a holy person, obviously. And he says this with an absolute serious face. And the Magid starts panicking and he's like you know i'm not so perfect i just i have to tell you i'm not so perfect it's like really tell me how you're how imperfect are you he says you know about three years ago i think i one time gossiped so Shmuel's like eh that's not that's a joke i mean i gossip every day you gossip three years ago you're still good enough you know you're still as righteous as anybody in this in this town i think you're the person to be buried in our town and the guy starts confessing. He's like, no, 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 no. Three weeks ago, I did this. And I, 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 and Shmuel's like, no, 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 that's not good enough. And finally, the guy confesses a really hectic sin. And at that point, Shmuel looks at him and says, how dare you walk into a room and 
make the people cry and feel miserable themselves when you're as imperfect as them and in a way you're more imperfect. Get out of this town. I don't want to see you again. Great story, yeah? Great story. That's my good friend over here laughing. Um, What's the message? The message is it's so easy to focus on negativity. Come home and tell your wife every negative thing she did. Tell your husband every single thing that they did wrong. By the way, is that change? Will you change them? Will you impact them? Will you make them feel empowered? Will you let your child blossom into who they need to be? Tell people how they're so amazing. I remember reading a story as a child that... um There was this child who caused a lot of issues in school. And one time he's home and the principal comes to meet the parents. And the principal's talking to the parents and he says, your child is a character. But that's not what he heard. This child heard through the door. What he thought he heard is, your child has so much character. So later on that night, he walks over to his parents and says, what does it mean somebody has character? They said, someone that's character is someone that's empowered and strong and, and is good and decent. And the kids well, I was like, wow, the principal said about me, I have character. Only years later did he find out from his mother that what the principal said is, he is such a character, which was not a compliment. <laughs> but because he thought he has character, he took that and transformed his life accordingly. How many messages that we told ourselves and others, if we just switched one word, if we just said it out of a message of empowerment, would we empower that individual to reach their potential? When we stand in this month, in the month of El, and we're leading up to Rosh Hashanah, the first and most important mandate is to tell ourselves how empowered we are. How incredible we are. And as we blow the shofar every day, we remind ourselves that we, on Rosh Hashanah, on the first day of the year, we get the power to crown God as our king. Which, In which universe is a mortal, a human being, empowered to crown Almighty God as their king? In which universe, if they fast one day on Yom Kippur, do they get atoned for all their sins and are cleansed? Does that not show how much God loves us? Does that not show his belief in us? Does that not show that we're worthy of his love and affection and companionship? This is not a month that's here to break us. This is a month of love. This is a month of closeness. And that's why we know that the month of Elul, which is the month we're just entering, is an acronym for Anila Dodiva Dodili. I'm to my beloved and my beloved is to me. Gosh, if this was supposed to be a hectic month of negativity, why would we focus on beloveds? I'm to my beloved and my beloved's to me. Because this is not a month of negativity. This is a month of love. Where I work on myself to remind myself how much I love God and how much God loves me. I remember as a child seeing this image where this kid screams out to the heavens and says, God, I believe in you. And a voice comes from heaven and a voice from God and says, and I believe in you. All too often the question we ask is, do we believe in God? But not too often do we talk about, does God believe in us? Because that's a very part, important part of belief. 
whether we believe in God or not, is important. But what's even more important is to remember how much God believes in us. Because if he didn't believe in us, boy, would I not wake up this morning. If he thought that I can't add value to the world today, heaven forbid, I wouldn't be here today. He put me here today and he let me, he allowed me to wake up by his grace and blessing because he knows I can do something today. And each and every one of us that's listening now, each and every one of us awake on God's planet, all seven billion of us, we woke up this morning because we are good enough to play a part. So play it with optimism, with positivity, because God believes in us. Here on 101.9, Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbrengen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. And here we come to wrap up of the show. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of us. And I want to spend these next few minutes just wishing all of us, as we begin the month of Elul and we start blessing one another with a good and sweet year, I want to wish all of us that, please God, this should be the year. May the next month and the year that follows be a year of absolute growth and empowerment. We are blessed to live in the year 2017, 5777, and entering 5778. We are blessed to be alive today. I know I've mentioned it a few times, but whenever I think about the fact that since Adam and Eve, till me, all my ancestors, I am living in a time with more opportunity for greatness, for transformation, for impact, for abundance than any of my ancestors. We are living in the most incredible time, and I don't care if you're gonna, if you want to focus on this government that's corrupt or that government that's crazy or that government which is, you know, has its issues. The world we live in is the best world there ever has been since Adam ate from the tree of knowledge. We are living in such blessing, such abundance. And we can either feel sorry for ourselves and say, whoa, this has been such a difficult year. Terrorism's on the rise. Look at the American elections. Look at what happened two weeks ago in South Africa. Boo-hoo-hoo, feel sorry for yourself and sit there saying, gosh, it's the worst thing ever. Or you could sit there saying, let me read a bit of history and let me realize that 2017 is the best time to be alive. And if you were offered by God any time to be alive, to have maximum impact and grow yourself, you would choose today. And either we can waste another year or waste another day focusing on the negativity of this world or we could sit there saying, just like we've been talking the whole show, focus on the opportunities and focus on messages of positivity. And instead of telling your kid every Friday night meal, when are you going to emigrate? Tell your kid, how are you going to make a difference here? And how are you going to make an impact? And how are you going to transform? And stop raising kids out of fear. Stop telling them that, you know, American campuses are going to give them more opportunities than South African campuses. As an American, I'll tell you, it's not true. And it's unaffordable anyway. Stop focusing on fear. It is so easy to focus on fear. And just like none of us want to walk into Shul on Rosh Hashanah and hear a rabbi preaching from the pulpit about the negativity of life, please don't do that to your own kids. And please don't do it to your friends. And please don't be an agent of negativity because God knows how many agents of negativity there are. We need to be agents of positivity and empowerment and tell people it's going to be good. Think good, it will be good, and it will be good. 
Focus on the blessings of living today, living here in South Africa or wherever you're listening from. Focus on the gifts of today. And if you need a little memory, go and ask your great-grandparents in your mind how their life would be and start telling them the big tsaris of your life, the big issues of your life. Shame, your car broke down. Your car was stolen. Okay, these are tragedies. Well, compared to my grandparents' life, that's a blessing. They never had a car. They, my grandfather would tell stories about how literally he didn't have a piece of bread to eat. And yes, there's poverty in our world today, but there are very few people living as impoverished as you know people lived in the Russian starvation years in the 30s or during the Holocaust. And through most of history, there are challenges in today's world, but please have enough integrity to be able to turn to God and say, thank you for being a, putting me here. Thank you for putting me in a world of positivity. And to commit to ourselves that next year we will focus on the positivity within ourselves, within our loved ones, within our world, within the people around us, because we need to be agents of positivity. And that is the way to enter Rosh Hashanah, to be able to stand there on Rosh Hashanah morning just before we blow the shofar and say with tears of gratitude in our eyes, God, thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be alive today at this time, because today is the best day ever to be alive. Finishing off with some of the best music on Chai FM, Yonatan Razel, South Africa's favorite, draw your car, wishing you a good week. Chodesh Tov, a good month. Shana Tova, a good year. Peace and blessings for all of us.